Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage, and it's great to be here. Well, could, you could drop by today. When we talk about change, everybody has something to say about change. Winston Churchill said, to improve is to change, to be perfect is to change often. And George Bernard Shaw said, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Interesting quotes, aren't they? Well, today we're going to talk about change, change in business and changing the supply chains. So stay tuned. Change can be a force for good, but it can also be a source of disruption. And if there's a lack of support for change within an organisation, then it can be seriously problematic. We assume that change is for the better, but is that always the case? Well, let's find out. So here is my management thought for today. All change, no change. You may wonder why people are so obsessed with change. Change is viewed by many as something positive. Reluctance to change often carries with it negative connotations. Criticisms abound if you are in a minority in the workplace and you speak out against change. If you move forward with change, note... I use the term forward, so already it's an implicit assumption that you are backward if you don't. And this is often the myth put forward to carry out change. Change, of course, can be good, but we need much more rational ways to approach change to think through the consequences of any change proposed. Now, I know as we learn, learning involves change. And so I'm not against change, but I do think that any change that's made has to be carefully thought through, and it has to be rational in process. Sometimes people in power put forward proposals to change something simply because they can often do so for a specific interest group, and simply because it's a means of being seen to be doing something active rather than not doing anything. I've been around long enough to witness a great deal of change, and much of it's been for the better, and some of it for the worse. It worsens things. So you know you've been in an organisation too long when they're changing things that you remember being changed many times before. It's sometimes hard in these situations to stay silent or to maintain your equilibrium without prejudice. When you witness change that did not change anything to make things better, it's perhaps time to do something about it. When you witness change where someone is self-seeking, self-serving, promotion-hungry, people put forward change to place them in the frame for greater things, and then they get promoted, move out of the organisation before the proverbial hits the fan, and leave the disaster behind. So if you're one of those that is sceptical about change, you are probably right to be. And you might actually be in a silent majority. Perverse, isn't it, really? Because people don't like to speak out. It's always necessary to look at the MMO, as the crime thrillers say, the motive, the means and the opportunity. If you don't wish to be brushed aside by the whirlwind of change that will necessarily engulf the organisation, you will need some critical thinking skills and ability to marshal facts that prove the change is not the path to nirvana that's promoted by the young Turks pushing self-interest. You also need to muster fellow sceptics into a coherent force for resistance. This is political. I've never worked in an organisation that wasn't political, even if it appeared so on the surface. As Plato noted, the world of appearance is different to the world of reality. Of course, it comes down to how far you feel able to push back. 
If you're on your own, it's probably not a good idea. The best idea would be to look for new opportunities outside the organisation. On the other hand, if you think the change will worsen things for everyone, it may be worth fighting for. You'll need strength, resilience, self-belief, support and political skills to navigate the troubled waters. Sometimes we cannot resist change. Just as Canute could not push back the waves, there are times when change is inevitable. In these circumstances, we need to adapt to survive and thrive. Human beings are good at doing so. It's one reason the species has survived endless change in four million years or more. Can we learn wisdom from what philosophers tell us about change? Albert Einstein said, The measure of intelligence is the ability to change. And Socrates said the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So a couple of good points there from a scientist and an ancient philosopher. Of course they knew all about change. Change is not new, even though it may appear so. In supply chains, of course, we're very used to change, and we even promote continuous change. And continuous change is important. It's important to recognise that things do have to change so that we can improve things. If we are concerned with improvement inside the organisation and continuous improvement is a process which supply chain managers and quality managers have been concerned for many years, then we have to have some form of continuous change. So it becomes part of the process that's normal. And the ability to adapt, be flexible and make things better and learn from any mistakes that occur in the organisation without blame is an essential part of this continuous improvement process. Heraclitus, the ancient Greek philosopher, said, the only thing permanent is change. Whether we recognise change as a process or something that happens in the organisation or whether change just occurs naturally as a process is something that we're aware of, but only when we investigate. Some organisations are very good at making change part of the normal process of continuous improvement. And in those circumstances, change doesn't come as a shock to anybody. It's not big change in the sense that it's a big event that's noticeable. It's a process that's continuous. And continuous change is good. Whereas I think big event change is often not so good because that highlights all the things that are different rather than concentrate on the good things that people can work towards in terms of increasing motivation and in changing the methods continuously. They become part of a normal process of thinking and action. In supply chains, of course, we developed continuous improvement from the quality gurus and in particular lean thinking and Kaizen, that Japanese idea of continuous improvement, found its way into the lexicon of supply chain managers. And it's a very important and powerful process. And we have the cycle, plan, do, act. And that kind of cycle of plan something, do something, act is very important. It's plan, do, check and act. So we plan something, we do something, we check that it works and then we act. And that's been a common philosophy of managers for many years, whether it be continuous improvement or in any change that we actually plan. Because we quite often plan to make a change, we see if it works, we test it and we check it. And then if it does work, we roll it out as a change 
action to beyond our sample where we've tested it. And Kaizen, the plan, do, check, act cycle, the lean manufacturing, the total quality management, and of course Six Sigma where we try to have zero defects in our production or service processes is an important step in making continuous change and it becomes a normal part of the process. All change, no change, continuous change. What do I mean by that statement? Well, simply, all change is when we have big bang change, the big event, and everything changes. And that's often a mistake, I think, because people can't cope with the amount of change that takes place in one hit. No change is possibly a serious problem, especially if you want to be an organisation that learns from mistakes. And so we've developed the idea of continuous change, the Kaizen. And although it developed aggressively during lean thinking in supply chains, it's an important philosophy of change. And it's a different philosophy of change to the Big Bang, all change, and to the idea of no change, that we just carry on as we are forever. We have to evolve in organisations, in processes, in methods, and in the way we do our work. And the best way to achieve change is to make it part of the normal process. So it doesn't come as a shock to people, and it's something that's part of the culture. And that's what continuous improvement is. It was William Edwards Deming who developed the plan, do, check, act approach to continuous improvement. And he was concerned with improving quality. So you have something you want to achieve, a goal, which forms part of the plan. The next thing is to do it to see if it actually works the way you think it will. Then you check it and you act. And in lean thinking and lean management, they used root cause analysis as a technique to achieve Kaizen. So you look at what the problem is. And often root cause analysis is asking the why question. Why did something happen? And you keep asking why until you find the root cause. And it's often referred to as the five why process. And some people have been critical of that because they think it's too simplistic. But it depends how deeply you look at it. It can actually work quite well because asking the why question and keep asking why until you get an answer to the why question is an important part of understanding. Lean management wanted to get rid of waste in the process of production. So there was the muda, the Japanese word for waste, which looked at seven types of wastes. The mura, the waste of unevenness, that's peaks and troughs in a system. And the murai, the waste of having overproduction, overprocessing, overdoing things, having too high a spec. Taishi Ono, who worked as an industrial engineer at the Toyota company in Japan, was the person credited with developing the idea of seven wastes and working on the Toyota production system at the company. And that's where the lean principles were first developed and first applied in practice. Since then, of course, many companies throughout the world have adopted those lean principles 
and applied them to their own organisations. In some cases, of course, they will have had to make adaptations. Depending on the type of company, whether they are production companies or service-oriented companies and the particular industries and circumstances that they operate in, but they form part of the continuous improvement process that was started by the Toyota production system and, of course, Ono and others. think of continuous change we often think of that in contrast to what I've called big bang change a one-off change and another way to look at it is it's the difference between what people call breakthrough innovation and continuous change and if you go back to the episode where I did on continuous learning and continuous improvement then you'll hear a little bit more about that but uh, I just wanted to make the point that Continuous change is different from one-off change, which could be an innovation, a breakthrough. They're not mutually exclusive, of course. You can have continuous change and you can still have breakthroughs. There can still be innovations and there might be a necessity for a one-off change at some time. And of course, we have all kinds of change as we learn and develop. Now, I've been talking to quite a few people in supply chains in the past few weeks And they've told me that one of their concerns in the past has been about doing the right thing. And when they talk about doing the right thing, they're often talking about how do they know they're doing the right thing. And that comes down to selecting a supplier, dealing with that supplier. There have been instances in the past few weeks, for example, about issues to do with tea supply, of all things. And some big companies, Lipton's, Unilever and others, famous brands such as PG Tips, all involved in obtaining tea from different parts of the world. And one of the countries mentioned was Kenya. And they were talking about the problem with sexual exploitation of workers who harvest the tea, people employed to pick tea. Now, it's scandalous that that kind of thing is going on within a supply chain. No one in this day and age should be going for a job and being subjected to sexual harassment or any other kind of harassment when they are interviewed for a job. And especially if big brands, big companies that can be seriously damaged from such allegations can't control their suppliers and it becomes public knowledge. It can be a very damaging situation. And so it comes down to ethics, ethics and compliance about doing the right thing. So a future episode We'll discuss the ethics and the morality of supply chains. And I'm sure if you've got any suggestions for what we might cover in that episode, you can always get in touch, drop me a line and let me know. Or if you've got any stories that you have that you'd like to contribute, then again, please get in touch and let me know. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Drop by and pick up any episode you've missed or want to listen to. We've got over 130 140 episodes now for you to take a listen. There must be something there of interest to you in particular. So please do drop by, pick those up, tell your friends if they're interested in supply chains to come and give a listen to the Chain Reaction podcast, and I hope they like it. From me, Tony Hines, I'm signing off right now, and I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction podcast.
All about supply chain advantage. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast is written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hey Jimmy, is that the end of the show? It is? Okay, we'll save all the good stuff to next time. <laughs> Bye for now. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.